Yeah, it's working. Mic check, 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 check. Check, check, check. Hey, I'm George Techmanshove here with Steve the... Live big cat. Anderson. We're live. What's that German word I told you when you won the uh, world championship team round? Um, I don't Remember? know. Nope. It was cool, though. It was like Weltmeisterschaft, you know, team bogan, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, this is podcast number 61. You know, we're off to a rusty start. Sorry for the long gap there, folks. So yeah, I've been traveling. Steve's been traveling. We've been working. We're not at full podcast strength right no, now. No, in fact, we're going to make this a short one today because we're just not feeling the podcast strength. No stamina. I, I, I'm thinking maybe Apple owes us. I see you playing with your new iPhone 10 over there, but it's also the iPhone X, and that kind of makes it the X10. Ooh. You know, everyone, I think, likes the term X better. Yes. As it relates to the iPhone. Yes. And, and let's face it, how many, except unless you're living in ancient Rome, what do you see when you see that? Yeah, everything is X. X now. And yeah. and honestly, a lot of the employees at the store referred to it as the X as well. Mm-hmm. So it's got some internal, if you will, designation as the X. Well, there you go. And, you know, as as uh, as things go, it it's, you know looks like a high performance piece of gear yeah it, you know i i don't use it to its full potential i'm sure well but all this stuff that we buy typically we never use to its full potential yeah. all right so i'm just back from japan i'll talk about that in a little bit but uh but we need to recap world championship and we need to recap the fact that you along with Braden galantine and chris schaff are the champions of the world congratulations yeah thanks Sergio Pagni and Federico Pagnoni and Alberto Simonelli took the silver for the compound men uh, for Italy, and then bronze went to Colombia. Colombia's men doing pretty well at the world championships. Yeah, we smashed, though. Yeah, you we did. We smashed. Yeah, you, you did. The whole way through. Talk about it a little bit. Uh, I think our you know the tightest match we had was Canada, and we were up two on them going into the final end, and it was a little breezy. Uh, other than that, we smashed. All right. And yeah, the wind was a was a factor for the recurves as well. Maybe even more so. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're talking on finals day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was I was talking through the rounds. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. Finals day, the recurves had it pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Compound men individually, Sebastian Peinot taking it for France. Just uh, you know, good yeah, performance Sebastian, there. He finds himself uh, in the finals a lot and makes the most of them. Stefan Hansen with a chance to try to defend his title didn't quite make it there, but uh, had a smashing season. Stefan did. Yeah, can't. What podium was he not it was on? Tremendous, really. I mean, you know, except for the ones you beat him at. Uh, Braden Galantine was third for the bronze medal there, and um, you know that was a that was a, a great achievement by Boston Strong Braden. Um, you and I, I remember two years ago, we had this conversation. I, I said, Korea is coming on strong in compound. And I think um, Song Yun-Soo put the exclamation point on that, winning the individual women's compound world title. Yeah, they're doing well on the women's side. And uh, Yassine Bostan, <laughs> the previous junior world champion, she's uh, podiumed with a silver medal and uh, for Turkey. And Christina Hagenhauser coming back from illness. Uh, past world champion, um, yeah. past Olympic pistol shooter, by the way, as you may know, and uh, Christina back on uh, back on the podium. Nice to Not see. Not just illness, man. It was cancer. Yeah, kicked it. Yeah, kicked it. 
Yeah, you, you know, I'll, I'll make a quick comment on the women's side. Yasim should have probably won. All the women. I mean, I, I was announcing, and I think they were they were something like twenty four arrows in before someone hit the right side of the of the cross. Just not moving their. Everybody side. hit the left side. What's up with what is up know. with? Just that? move your side and you win. How many times? You know, I even a, if it's you, it's a running joke I have with Tom and Natalie dealing. Move your sight because how many times do we see people doing this? You know, it's 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 crazy. It, yeah, it. Even if you're going well, I'm I'm breaking them out on the left side. Don't that's care. Fine. All compensate. It, you're in the match. Yeah, just shoot your shot. You know, that save you that got. crap. Save it for practice. You know, but yeah, it's just it's weird. You know. Yeah. Disappointment for Sarah Lopez individually, but uh, kind of redeemed herself with the bronze. Uh, sorry, with the gold medal for the uh, team round there, along with uh, her teammates from Colombia. Uh, and the silver medal went to India for the compound women, and the bronze medal went to Korea. And then for the mixed teams, we saw um, for the compounds, Korea taking the mixed team gold. Pretty impressive. Germany taking uh, silver and Italy taking the bronze. So all in all, pretty satisfying event. Uh, I know individually you weren't as happy as you could have been, but you qualified well. No, I qualified bad. Oh, yeah? I shot well in the rounds and lost with the 149. That happens sometimes. And yeah, but if I, had, if I had shot bad in the rounds and lost, I'd be more upset. I mean, obviously you're upset, but you know going, you have to understand going into any FIDA type event that it's often going to come down to your bracket. Yeah. And you got to have some good fortune. And I would have killed to have had the bottom half of the bracket that Seb came out of. I mean, that was by all means a cakewalk compared to the top half and uh, that's just kind of how it works you, you gotta you gotta have some good fortune on your side to get through and I didn't have that it was you know me and Braden and Stefan all on the same side and Braden and I tied at 149 and he won the shoot off so. yeah and then he, you know then he runs into Chris Schaff and made it through that match and then he's got uh he's got Stefan Hansen so you know that's uh from the from the get-go on that day, we had some pretty tough matches. And the other side, if you could shoot a 147, you were going to win. Because of the quality of your bracket, though, you yeah. couldn't get away with that. No, if I – yeah, it, you can't you can't shoot a 147 on yeah. our side. Yeah. You still feel the same way as you felt earlier in the season about the 50-meter distance for for this kind of event? Yeah, I, I think it would still be better if we were Stretch shooting. it out a little? Yeah. I mean, and that goes to show – you know, when you got guys tying at 149 in the round of 16. Yeah. I feel the same way indoors, too. Yeah. Speaks but, for itself. Yeah. I think indoors, you know, I mean, I see no issue logistically with going longer outdoors. Indoors could be a problem. That's the only yeah, problem. Yeah, I agree. You know, depends on the venue, of course. Right. You know, right now, our our I think our sport's in a decent place and there's no need to make drastic changes if participation is up and things like that so you know so it looks I like i guess let it be but i i won't ever say that the best shooter always wins i don't think you'll get dispute on that and that's probably how it is in most every event that it's not always the best shooter who wins no but i mean it's not always the best team that wins the world series either you know just yeah sometimes circumstances come around and things work out a certain way right Part of the game. That's why we have the tournament. Recurve, uh, Im Dong Hyung, amazing. Huh? Something else. That guy is something. 
Yeah, we, we started calling him Goat. <laughs> Greatest of all time, huh? Well, there's a number of contenders for that one, but he's up there. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was just a fun thing to say in the moment. Sure. Wei Chung Hang of Chinese Taipei coming on strong for the silver there. Um, Steve Weiler from uh, Netherlands proving that his, uh, his performance at the beginning of the season was no fluke, taking the bronze yeah. medal. Kid's I, good. I like his... Uh, I like his game. Seems to have a good attitude, too. Recurve women, that was an upset. No doubt about it. Ksenia Perova of Russia with her contour stabilizers and the strong wind gusts, pulling out a few points over Miss Chang, the Olympic champion of yeah. last year. You know, it was an upset, but... Was that was that a sales pitch that I just did, by the way? I think we're allowed a sales pitch in our own podcast. One, one. <laughs> yeah. Um it was an upset, but you almost saw like, hey, she's she's not doing too bad, you know. And it was windy, so yeah. It, I think it dead calm conditions. Perova's probably going to shoot, you know, twenty eights, and Chang's going to shoot twenty nines, and that's how it's going to go, and she's going to win. But it was enough where Chang still could have shot better. She didn't, and Perova shot. She didn't shoot a whole. <laughs> let's put it this way. I think she was going to shoot her same score whether it was windy or whether it wasn't. Yeah. And she did it. Yeah. Yeah. Vladimir Ashev, uh, the past champion of the world and Olympic medalist, a uh, good friend of mine, emailed me afterward just ecstatic, you know, and he pointed out first uh, world championship for a Russian shooter since the days of the Soviet Union. Wow. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, for the... Uh, I wonder if Putin sent her a shirt of him like riding a horseback or send her a, send her a picture of him riding a horseback with no shirt on. Maybe she has her own three-wheeled Harley Davidson now. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Tanya Ting, the uh, strong shooter from Chinese Taipei taking bronze in this one. Miss Tan has been shooting really well for the last 10 years now. So... Yeah, you're, you're still you're still laughing at the image you just conjured, aren't you? I got more funny jokes. But uh-huh. I'll share them with you later. All right, that sounds like a politically correct plan. Considering recurve men's team, Italy, then France, then Korea for the bronze, um, and recurve women, Korea taking the gold, uh, Mexico coming on strong, trying to take second, uh, taking second, but uh, uh, apparently not not giving the Koreans too much of a threat. Chinese Taipei with the bronze. So you're going to see a lot of this in the next three years. Uh, you're going to see a lot of a lot of Chinese Taipei on podiums, in my opinion, from, from what I'm seeing. And recurve mixed team was Korea, then Germany, and GBR coming on with a mixed team win uh, for bronze medal. So good, good stuff there. Uh, what do you say we jump right into the podcast questions that we have from our, our wonderful listeners? You up for that? Let's do it. I'm going to pull one off uh, that's not on our Facebook, and it's on our podcast at eastontp.com. It's from Scott. And Scott's asking, I, I like this question. Um, by the way, the, the podcast at eastontp.com has gotten so full of spam that I, <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to search for actual questions here because I've got lots of business proposals, it seems. And um, let's see here. There's an uh, invitation for uh, selling us platinum. That doesn't sound like a good plan. Anyway, uh, Scott has a question. He's wondering if there's any ever been any top-level archers, either recurve or compound, who have mysteriously come down with a case of the yips. Uh, think of Rick Ankiel in baseball or David Duvall in golf, and if so, did they ever recover some or all of their previous success? 
you um, could say you could say that Mike has had Mike Schlosser had that happen in oh my Shanghai my last goodness year. did he ever he still won the match yeah yep but it, it was very you could ask Mike he'll say yeah I, I struggled at mm-hmm. that point and yeah. I, I think he's you you can't say he hasn't recovered no but that's about the as big of a case of the yips as you're gonna see Elmo had a good case. Yeah, he, they both did it in that in that match. It yeah, was, Elmo you know, Elmo was, had it so bad he had to let down and and lost a couple of. Uh, uh, no, he couldn't uh, get his know. bow back. Yeah, couldn't pull the bow. Yeah, it was so for sure. It happens, yeah, Scott. You know, and and it happens. It's an insidious thing, and it just. I mean, it's a matter of pressure or. All the stuff that goes into curing it is the same thing that goes into causing it, you know. As far as recurve, um, sure, absolutely. Uh, you see people come to full draw and and hold and hold and hold and hold and hold. Or more um, directly, and this happens to, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be sexist here, but it seems to happen to women more than men. They'll wait for the yellow light and then they'll shoot all three arrows. Is that? I think that's just a... It's a way to get around it. Yeah, and that's... Bad coaching, in well, my your, opinion. Yeah, but we're talking about some really top shooters. I mean, why? Uh, well, it's because why, they're replacing one fear with another. Yeah, it's dumb. Well, but it's if you get to that point, I don't know. You can get out of that. We're talking about Olympic medalists here. In I don't some know. Cases. You can get out of that. Well, uh, it has proven to be a real problem for some shooters. Well, there's one particular shooter um, who's retired now, but she was notorious for this, and she broke it, and then she came back to it. So it happens, you know, and it happens to men as well. Um, you know, why can't you just tell yourself, I've got to get this first arrow off before a minute and 30 seconds? I suppose. I've got to get the second arrow off before one minute. I have a, I have a student that I've been working with for can't do that? quite a while, and I've been trying to get them into that mode, and it's just hard because, you know, their subconscious knows the difference. That's mm. the issue. But they don't have the mental fortitude. Correct. To break it. Correct. Yep, that's what it is. You just nailed it right on the head. Hmm. It's a matter of mental fortitude. Some people just don't have the mental game you've got. Some people don't have the mental game I've got. Some people don't have the mental game that in Dom Young has, you know, and, and it's as a matter of fact, goat. most people aren't goats. So what's <laughs> that for a fair statement? All right. But no, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to sympathize a little bit because it happens to some really good people. And, you know, it's just it's one of those things. Uh, Vinny. Yeah, I'll say the yips happen to everybody at some point, just how bad it appears yeah. on the surface. Yeah. But we've all had it on the final stage where you just can't hit anything. Or you hold for a long time and still hit stuff. And that's bad because it rewards your bad side with yeah. good results. Yeah, I'll just keep doing that yeah. dumb thing. No, not a good plan. Vinny says... Uh, Vinny's uh, kind of taking a poke at something that happened. Uh, I was shooting the other day during a match, and my competitor stretched their back when I was at full draw, and I shot an eight. Do I have grounds to complain? <laughs> you can complain about anything. <laughs> what Vinny's touching on is that somebody started a uh, a big, notorious 20-page flame war over Kibo Bay, apparently stretching while somebody else at Mariana, maybe, was shooting. And um, it supposedly threw off somebody so whatever I, these when did people, this happen oh i don't know sometime earlier this year it's just one of those silly things so you know how people can get about stuff like this i need to dive into this subject i think oh yeah i need to read into it yeah i'll i'll, I'll send you a link um kafir is uh 
Got a not technical question, but a good one anyway. Have any advice on avoiding or minimizing oversized luggage charges while air traveling with compound bows to and from international tournaments? Get a sponsor to pick up your expense report? No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I always try to drop it off with if there's a curbside check-in, drop it off with those guys and, and give them, them a ten five, bucks. Ten, yeah, yeah. And if if they say, "Oh, we're gonna have to do this oversized," then say, "Well, I'm gonna have to take it in." And usually, they'll go, "Oh, you know what? I'll just take it. I'll handle it." They yeah. don't want to lose that that five ten dollar tip. Well, yeah, or you know, you could probably push it to twenty even and and save yeah ninety percent. Some know? some airlines uh, they'll. I think, you know, Alaskan Airlines comes to mind. I think $25 is what they charge. So yeah, it's kind of nice to know. That would make sense, though, if you think about it, because Alaskan Airlines, they're probably used to people traveling with gun cases and stuff. Right. Right. And and so you've got a situation where, you you know, as an airline, you might want to have a policy that allows for for that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, Kfir, that's that's one pro tip, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's tough because you got both weight and dimensional issues and it's just difficult so um yeah try the try the curbside drop off if you have it where you live also just being nice to the people usually goes a long way it does matter doesn't it people make life harder based on how they treat others i'll tell you what the only thing that really gets up my nose is when i fly somewhere i don't get charged and then on my way back they want to charge me it's like how did i get here in the first place yeah so that one gets up my nose a bit Put that on silent, will you? All right. I like it when it beeps. Yeah. I always find it distracting when I'm listening to a podcast and I'm hearing pieces of equipment go off. You know, like I'm listening to, you know, uh, the Triangle Tactical podcast. You know, a lot of people listening to our podcast probably haven't heard an iPhone 10 beep yet. It sounds just like an iPhone 7. And? I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Now they know. Uh, Brian Thacker is asking, uh, thoughts on the first annual NFAA Midwest Classic Trail Shoot being held in Indiana this year? Since, like a Reading style. Yeah, I guess so. Since Midwest states are predominantly ASA and IBO, do you have any tips for shooters attending their first Reading style shoot? So do you have get any tips really, for- a really, really good sight tape and a really, really good rangefinder that you use to make that sight tape and use it on every target. And do you like to bring a couple of sight tapes, like bracket your sight tape just in case? No. Okay. Nope. I usually roll in actually without a tape. I use Mark's card predominantly. And then if I have issues, I can figure out. Because if you say, well, I'm, I'm off half a yard and you move that half a yard on your 80-yard mark, you just moved it two, three yards at 20 yards. So I figure yeah. out I'm off half a yard and I go and do that math for every yard. Some it might be two clicks. Some it might be eight clicks. And then I can work my way through the course with – what I have in my pocket. You don't hold off. Card. You don't hold off. What do you mean? Kentucky windage. You uh, don't do that. Like holding up or down for yeah, the yeah, yardage? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I wouldn't. No. Some people do. That's why I'm asking. Maybe not at Reading, but I know in World Field they do occasionally. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jamie's asking for any given draw weight for a recurve, is it better to have lower poundage limbs with the tiller bolts wound all the way in or higher poundage limbs with the bolts all the way out? Presumably this will affect the profile of the limb as it bends. Yes. Yes, it will. So Jamie, um, Earl Hoyt himself once told me that, um, for a Hoyt geometry bow at the time of TD four, which was all there really was 
that he liked it better to have a heavier limb wound out than a lighter limb cranked down. However, I have run into shooters who feel the opposite, and some of them are very accomplished shooters. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, Sarah, our loyal listener, Sarah is asking that uh, she's about to switch her setup over to indoor season. She's shooting uh, particular size X7, 16, 14s. She did it herself last year, but wasn't sure if she'd covered all the needed adjustments or whether or not it made a difference if she did them in a certain order. So can we run through a simple step-by-step like we've done for a few other how-tos? So, yeah, okay. First off, Sarah, when you're when you're getting ready for indoor season, you got to remember a couple things. Number one, you got to keep your variables as limited as you can, just one variable at a time. Second is, you know, get your knocking point where you want it to be. Once your knocking point is set, then you can start working on small adjustments to bow poundage to get the arrows to tune. Um, if you don't want a big, you know, big excursion of bow poundage to get the arrow to tune, you can do a lot with an aluminum arrow with a little bit of point weight. But do all those things in that order. Don't go changing stuff two or three variables at a time. And that's it, you know. And and play with brace height a little bit. You'd be surprised what a difference that can make. After you've got everything tuned, just you know, make some brace height adjustments. Come up or down. Listen to the bow where it's quieter might be better. And and uh, if you do it in the more or less in that order, you should be uh, should be in good shape. It's not a difficult thing. Also, give yourself you know a little bit of leeway because when you do switch from carbon arrows to aluminum arrows for indoors, your timing changes a little bit. That is your perceived timing. You know the way the shot breaks and all that stuff. So, that's any thoughts on that, Steve? Yourself? No, I have no thoughts. Okay. Old friend of mine, Francis, is writing in. Francis and I used to shoot together in California years ago. Um. What do we think of shooting a 23-inch riser and long limbs to make a 68-inch bow? What are the pros and cons? So, um, the the thought back in the day, Jay Bars used to play with one of these configurations. You know, basically long limbs and a and a 23-inch riser. It would be smoother through the draw at longer draw lengths. But Francis has got a 28 and three-quarter inch draw length. I don't think it's going to make any difference there. You're going to, and you're shooting 40 pounds, Francis. I don't see any downside indoors. Outdoors, you're going to lose a little bit of performance. Um, in the end, it's probably not worth it because it's also difficult to find 23-inch risers these days, and their sight windows tend to be a little more constrictive. So that's it, the And biggest. that would be an issue indoors. Yes, exactly. So that's the could biggest. Be. Could be. You know, um, depending on where your anchor is and all that stuff. So, you know, being reasonably familiar with with the person asking the question, I would say, not helpful for Francis. Um, so, that's that's the main con of the twenty three inch riser, of course, is sight window and and then what happens indoors with your aperture. Craig um, says that he's ready to build some X twenty sevens with feathers for indoor offset or helical. Steve, I do a left helical if you're right handed. And what's a good starting point for length and point weight? He's got a 27 and a half inch draw. He's going to um, need to run that fairly long, isn't he? Yeah, I'd do 32 inch with probably a 300 or a 250, but I'd start with the 300 at that draw length. 56 pound PSE Supra, which is kind of an aggressive cam. Um, yeah, yeah, they all are anymore. All right. Um, so yeah, sounds like a plan there. Uh, run them long, 300 grain points. Uh, Throw a helical on there that is a left helical for a right-handed shooter. 
Kenny says he's heard there will be Super Drive 27s. And if so, will there be multiple spine choices? I understand you cannot share info till release. Yes, you are correct. We cannot share info till release. Uh, hey, Big Cat, Levi, Levi Fly is asking, is that his real name? That's, that's a fun name if that's his real name. Uh, I currently shoot 150 grain points in my X27s. I'm six foot four, 32 inch draw, shooting a prevail. What would I gain by going heavier, and why are the 150 hurting me? Um, well, it's hard to say. They might not be hurting you. It might be perfectly ideal, but well, he didn't tell us anything about his bow, so we have no idea what. Yeah, you know. 32 inch draw. I'm you know shooting a prevail. I'm guessing he's shooting a very similar setup to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I personally haven't tried 150 grains. I'm probably not going to because I'm pretty satisfied with what I get out of 250. Um, with a big heavy arrow like that, I mean, that is a, a darn heavy arrow for to only put 150 grains in it. You're not working with a whole lot of front of center. Not that that's necessarily important. If it's shooting good, you know, good groups, and you feel like you're getting scores that you uh, expect based off the shots that you're breaking, then no reason to switch. But if you want to try. 150 grain or, or 250s they go in and they come out pretty easily too so it's worth it's worth trying point weights on a big heavy shaft like that levi didn't mention what kind of launcher he's using but uh let's presume a blade launcher what happens configuration wise when you're dealing with a uh heavier point do you need to go to a safer blade no i use the 10 thou for everything okay and the angle stays the same yep all right I mean, it's going to sag a little more with a little heavier point, but it's not a huge, huge deal. All righty. Um, Joshua is asking, um, would we go for a longer stabilizer with less weight or a shorter stabilizer with more weight? He didn't give us context, but, yeah. you know, if you're shooting in the wind, a shorter stabilizer with more weight yep. might be the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I would say. If you're, Yes, if you are shooting outdoors in the wind, shorter with more weight, but... You know, it's all about how much mass weight you can handle. That's that's why those two options exist, to drop your mass weight or to increase your mass weight or for wind. So it just, just depends. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Our friend Chuck Cooley. Any tips or insight on setting up the new 23 aluminums? Is it geared for the European market and Stramit mats, or is it overkill for the U.S.-style softer bales? It's more for people who need a stiffer arrow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah Chuck. It, we didn't have a stiff enough option. Yeah. It's a 300 spine, so it's a very ideal size for some people pushing maximum WA bow weight and over 30-inch draw. Yep, that's kind of the thing. My my recommendation, if you're not over 30 inches, 2315 is probably where you need to be anyways. Yeah. Or even 2314. Although, as Chuck alludes to a little bit, it is also, with that 18 wall, going to be tough as nails. It is, yeah. It's going to be straight diesel. Yeah. Are you shooting... Uh, 2318s? I will. I haven't built any yet. but For I, your I World Archery be. compliant setup? Yep. Austin is uh, saying that he's recently switched from target compound to Olympic recurve, needs a new set of stabilizers, got an old set of X10s, but can't get a second side rod. Do we have anything comparable in our current offerings? I would go with an AC Pro. You can, uh, you can get the AC Pro, and that's about the same diameter and weight, so it'll match pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to upgrade, you can go to a Z-Flex side rod. So that that uh, hopefully answers that one. Marcus, our friend in Australia, says, not a question, just saying, Eastern Digital Bow Scales, world needs them to come back. A lot of people agree with you. Um, I'm not sure that um, we have anything on the near horizon, but you know we are working on 
trying to do something that will be a reasonable solution there. The problem with that thing is it's just so darn expensive. It's got this calibrated uh, load bar in there. You know, it's 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 just in an age when you can get a pretty good scale that doesn't have the features of our scale, but a pretty good scale for thirty bucks coming out mm-hmm. of China. Our made in USA super calibrated scale was just you know kind of hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. And well, we sold it for basically the cost, you yeah, know, which is. I mean, it's, it's an expensive unit to make, and yeah. it's probably not worthwhile for us in a business sense just, to make it. No, it's just that's, overkill. That's why. Yeah. All right. We got anything else? Uh, we we know. kept it under half hour. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else even to talk about? Well, there's plenty to talk about. Let's talk about one thing. I, I just want to ask you since I got you here. Uh-oh. No, the mindset, the mindset shift to get ready for indoor after a long outdoor season. I'm pretty pumped about indoor. I always am, I think, when it starts because you're coming out of outdoor where there's always some heartache at some point in the season outdoor where you're pissed off that you lost and you shot better than everybody. Whereas in indoor, there's nothing but you and the target, and you're, you're going to kind of get what you earn. Okay. So, so it's a refreshing thing for you. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, there's no wind to deal with. You either shoot good or you don't. How long do you think that white leather case is going to stay white on that new iPhone of yours? Well, it's a, it's a silicon case. Oh, I thought it was leather. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, then you can wash it. Yeah. All right. You know, the other thing I'm excited about this indoor season is I'm starting it so late. Like, I haven't shot a, a single arrow at an indoor face, and I've got a tournament in three days, four days. No. So I'm starting it so late that I probably won't be burnt by the time Vegas rolls around. Hmm. Usually by the time Vegas gets here, I'm ready to just be done. Hey, I should mention, um, having just been there, Japan Nationals. Oh. Um, Takahara Furukawa, Kaori Kawanaka winning. So that was pretty cool. Um, we had a typhoon come in. Nice. Yeah. So the second day was canceled. They went off the ranking round to decide the national championship. Cool. <laughs> and um, I can uh, I can now say that I've enjoyed uh, Masaka beef, which is apparently the best beef in Japan. I was eating with a bunch of coaches, and they were definitely ordering cuts of beef that might not have been on the standard menu. I'm not sure some parts weren't involved. Uh, it didn't matter. It was good. It was still good. But Sometimes I think it's best to not know. I think there were parts. <laughs> Gross. You know, like menudo, only Japanese and yeah. and barbecued. <laughs> huh. But whatever. Uh, my friend, Mr. Furukawa, in fact, came up to me. He said, did you have the beef yet? And I said, well, I think so. <laughs> he said, what do you mean? I said, well, it came from a cow, but I don't know what cut it was. <laughs> Weird. But, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I did something that I've never, ever do. And I actually took a day and, and just played tourist. And I went to the Tokyo Motor Show. Saw some cool cars. We need to be tourists more often. And cooler bikes. Oh, tell me about it. You know, I I have one regret, so I'll pass this on to our listeners. One regret is in six Olympic games, I only saw archery. 
I never went to any mm. other sports or did any other touristy stuff at all those Olympics that I went to. Yeah. In my one Olympics, I've only seen archery as well. Yeah. So don't do that. Go do, go do other stuff and, uh, and, and make, make some uh, good memories and have some fun. So I'm planning to do more of that if I can. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Well, we've got a busy season ahead. We got, um, we'll do another podcast in the next couple of weeks, but, uh, Man, we've got a whole bunch of stuff just like boom, 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 ATA show, then Lancaster and Neem, and we've got World Indoor, and we've got Vegas, and yeah, you know the Japan Indoor, the new event in Osaka that I'll be going to is in uh, the same time as Lancaster, and uh, that's got 1,200 shooters. So Yeah, it's about that time of year where I get sick for like two months and just can't keep up. Yeah, well, keep your fingers out of your eyes and, and, and all that sort of thing and try to avoid letting people breathe on you on airplanes and maybe it'll help do my best i suppose i suppose <laughs> cool all right man so that that'll be a wrap for this yeah. particular what are we going to talk about next time number 61 i don't know i just saw uh, i just saw the uh, have you ever seen the john wick movies nope keanu reeves not interested uh-huh yeah well we'll talk about that maybe a little bit. We're going to start talking about movies on this show? No, I don't think so. We'll come up with some other plan. <laughs> huh. I think that is a uh, that is a wrap. That's a wrap. End of show? End of show.